Hey everyone! Welcome to the 20th episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. And I'm Seth. And we're the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. And it's 20th. That's a pretty big episode. Yeah, the big 2-0. It's in fact our... Let me do some high-level math here. 20 plus 1 plus an additional 1. 22nd recording. (laughs) It's our 22nd record... Technically 23rd recording, including the lost episode. Yes. Yeah, well, that's 23 of my hours that I've dedicated to this, but 22 listening hours. So almost a full day of recording. (laughs) Almost a full day of recording. Perhaps we all we only did a full day recording and we finally are running out of material. It might be. This might be. We might have started from the very beginning and have just gone through. Anyway, what's... Uh, Seth, on, on this, the 20th episode of our podcast, what have you been playing? So recently I've actually gotten into a game called uh, Good Job. It's for the Nintendo Switch. It is uh, fun. It's a lot lighter than what I usually play, but it is a good kind of uh, casual type game that I can kind of pick up, play for a little bit, and then put down kind of thing. It's a physics-based puzzler type game, and the premise is that you're uh, you're like a little um, stick figure guy, and he works he his dad owns a company and the, the little stick figure guy works for the company and is just a really bad employee and like smashes things and breaks things and stuff like that and gets like bs jobs from his dad because his dad owns the company so like and you have to try and do you have to try and do the jobs from the ground up as best as you can or as as quickly as you can and it involves like driving forklifts and like trying to water plants and everything is destructible and you can use uh like plug wire so there's these big plugs and you can use these big plugs to then like use them as an elastic and like throw things so if you need to get something across the map you can just like so you're like oh you need to bring this worker and you need to bring this worker to another part of the map you could put the worker in a chair because workers will sit down in like rolling chairs if you roll behind them then you could just drag the worker into an elastic and throw the worker across the map and that could be a way that you can accomplish your objective uh it's fun it's funny uh and it's just a lot of fun i i i really like it uh I saw the previews in the eShop. It's going for about uh, twenty bucks, and uh, I I needed I I with the what's going on with the quarantine and all that jazz. Um, I needed something to just something light that wasn't like deep kind of game, and and I, I enjoyed it. So it was a good job by the Switch or for the Switch, and I'm not sure if it's on any other platforms. I really didn't look into that. I just know it's on the Switch, <laughs> so. There's that. So it's called Good Job, and I would recommend it. I, it's fun. Um, what about you? What have you been recently been playing? Well, I've recently been playing um, a fairly um, older game. It's about 10 years old now, and that is uh, StarCraft II, um, specifically the single-player campaign, Wings of Liberty. Um, I never played it when it came out in 2010. I didn't have a computer that ran it, uh, that could run it. And uh, I... 
recently downloaded it because uh, as of a few years ago, Blizzard made the single player campaign free to play um, along with the multiplayer. So um, I, I've been enjoying it. Um, it. It plays fairly similar to the first StarCraft I've noticed, except there's it has a lot nicer graphics and it has some updated um gameplay mechanic game gameplay mechanics and also some updated uh players that you can have like different units and stuff like that um but yeah so far so far enjoying it um the story is starcrafty it's not really yeah, anything to definitely. write home about you know uh, right here Car- rainer here kerrigan's doing her thing um you have to shoot a lot of bad guys shoot a lot of zerg my 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 favorite part of StarCraft 2 is that uh, my favorite StarCraft character comes back from being killed, who, who is uh, Alexei Stukov. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, Admiral of the uh, the United Earth Directorate. <laughs> A very obscure character, and nobody cares that he dies, but uh, I did. And he comes back. Yeah, he gets better. Um, so, yeah, um, so far I've been enjoying it um i've just been kind of taking it easy and playing through it um really i'm I'm not really super invested in the plot i've just been enjoying the classic real-time strategy feel to the game which you don't really get a lot of days with uh modern games yeah no the rts genre that's actually something that i've I've, that's like a i have to go back to classic games which is why i'm also excited about remastered command and conquer because Mm. i feel like the uh, the rts genre for what it was 10 years ago uh, has changed dramatically. I mean, there's still like real-time strategy type games, but not. I I don't know if they feel as as well as like they don't feel like StarCraft, WarCraft type uh, base building, unit right. production kind of stuff. Some of them even cut out base building entirely. Uh, the 40k uh, real-time strategy uh, did that. Their original launch was very uh, similar to like a StarCraft type game, and then. Uh, as they made sequels, they cut out the resources and the base building and just gave you an allotment of troops. Yeah. Which, and hero units started becoming popular and stuff like that. Uh, and hero units are in StarCraft 2. And w- one more thing about StarCraft 2 before we move on to the meat of the episode. But uh, that was 10 years ago. StarCraft 2 was, I believe, the first and last game that I went to a midnight release for at a physical store, uh, we went to uh, Best Buy, and we waited outside of a Best Buy for them to uh, open their doors at midnight to sell StarCraft, and I went with a bunch of friends, and they opened the doors, we went in, you walked up to a counter, they gave you a copy of StarCraft, and you left, and that's that's it, and they, it was Wings of Liberty. Uh, I really enjoyed the... Uh, the original campaign of the well the wing, wings of liberty and then they released additional the zerg campaign and the protoss campaigns later um i still haven't actually beaten the protoss campaign because they had such a lag between release dates that i i played the terran campaign i played the zerg campaign and then i started to get into the protoss campaign but by the time it came out i kind of forgot what happened to the other campaigns and i have to kind of go back and forth between i, I it is on my to-do list to resolve that campaign i have to uh get through some other games on the priority list but so the episode that we're going to do today is uh actually about zach's favorite character absolutely in all of gaming ever 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 favorite character across any intellectual property 
out there. Um, favorite literary character, favorite video game character, <laughs> favorite movie character. <laughs> favorite movie character. You could say That's that right. now. That's right. A favorite television character. Favorite television character. Uh, he was in an anime. Favorite anime character. Favorite anime. Yes. Um, that is Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> the yes the the blue hedgehog is uh zach's favorite character so um since it's your favorite character and we're gonna go into memories uh i'm gonna go with my memories first yeah because i'm the older brother uh so actually sonic the hedgehog was uh, the one of the first video game characters that i was able to um own i guess (laughs) like he came on uh the first game that came with the sega the sega genesis or mega drive for our uh, european friends the came with uh, a bundle of games and that bundle included sonic 2 i'm not sure if it actually came with any other game beyond sonic 2 but the bun the genesis that we bought and what came with sonic 2 and a very iconic picture of Sonic 2 is with the Sonic and Tails at the bottom of the big two and the Dr. Robotnik like over the two crushing it and the Dr. Robotnik uh, scary face above the two. Iconic there's some, image. There's there. some like art in incon- fun fact. There's some art inconsistencies. The person that did the artwork for that drew him with like kind of like a beard and made his eyes black. He's supposed to be wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks much scarier. In the he does bones. look much scarier. Um, so I we so I ended up playing that game a lot. Um, and as akin to our our family, we owned Sonic Two before we owned Sonic One. So we did have to uh, wait a bit before we were able to pick up the uh, prequel to our the the sequel of the game. And eventually, over time, we picked up Sonic One, and then we picked up Sonic. 3 and Sonic and Knuckles which was a cool system where you can interlock the two games um, but Sonic 2 I had some really uh, iconic and memorable levels for me uh, I think uh, I mean obviously like the, the, the Emerald Hill and uh, Chemical Plant are pretty like staple um, locations but uh I feel like for me, I I always felt like I really liked uh, Metropolis as a zone towards the end. Yeah, I I, I, I like the gears and the pistons and the the weird robots. By the time you get there, um, and I thought the chemical what is it chemical zone? Um, yeah, chemical plant. Chemical plant. Yeah, it's that was always a fun zone to play through as well. I think there. The, the music as well I was a really cool score I think throughout all of the levels and I don't think there's anything that's more uh nerve-wracking than sonic uh drowning I think oh, that's yeah, probably the that, most that like and it just kind of gets progressively scarier yeah it's just, uh, it's a, it's it's a scary nerve-wracking noise yeah if you yeah, if you haven't heard it um we might be able to splice it in but yeah, uh, I, can, I could probably drop it in And then you can also be terrified by it. Uh, spoiler alert: We'll have the 
uh, sonic drowning noise in here somewhere. <laughs> uh, Zach, what about you? What are your um, what are your memories about uh, Sonic? Yeah, so I think um, I mean one of the earliest Christmas memories I have was us um, getting the Sega Genesis Mark III, the version three system, which was the smaller system. Yes, um, yep. So was... replace the broken one that we broke. Yeah. Um, and I believe the Sega three came with Sonic 3d blast as a, as a copy of the game. Um, uh, though I remember playing Sonic two, uh, before that, uh, I specifically remember playing as tails or rather probably holding a controller that was not plugged in. If anything, right. no, no, you, we probably, I'd let you play as tails. Yeah. Cause tails, tails couldn't do couldn't any die. damage. <laughs> you no, know, he could do damage and he didn't die. That that's true. Purpose. Yeah. Well, I mean that like tails couldn't do damage to you. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Like if I died, it didn't like affect your lives. Correct. Um, and tails dies a lot. <laughs> um, especially when played by Zach, especially when played by like four year old me. Um, I just remembered the, I mean, it was one of my first memories of playing a game. I remember turning on the system, the, the, you know, licensed by Sega screen coming up and then the blue Sega, um, and then the, the really like catchy music that would play. You'd have the stars kind of like appearing on the screen out of the black and the ring would appear with Sonic popping out of it, doing his little like finger wave that he does. And I, I, I think probably, uh, my memories of the game in terms of, um, Sonic one are like green hill zone um mm-hmm. uh the spring yard zone um and uh, the um the final zone um which name escapes me completely right now is for it, some is reason it, it's just the final zone well there's the final zone which is the the um which is the oh like, spring the metal there's something like that um scrap metal scrap brain zone that's what it is scrap brain zone. it is scrap metal everybody scrap brain zone scrap brain scrap brain that's actually what yes. it is yes not scrap metal. <laughs> not scrap metal it is zone. scrap brain it's made of scrap metal maybe it is made know. of scrap metal because dr robotnik built it and he's not good and then i remember in sonic 2 i remember you know emerald hill zone i remember uh oil ocean zone and mm. uh sky chase which always yes. was really cool sky and metropolis sky chase is just so random it's, it's the like weirdest part of the game because it's, it's an on it's, a rails segment yeah it's it's an on it's it's so for anyone not familiar with sonic 2 which if you're listening to a podcast about classic video games i don't know if you are you sure you might not be familiar with this particular level but there's a level called sky chase zone in sonic 2 where you have to stand on a plane driven by flown by uh tails as and you can control the plane up and down but it, it just linearly and literally goes through this path and then you have to jump on these enemies that are in the air and it's just different pacing from every because it slows you down unlike every other level in the game yeah sorry for me to interject there but no no that's fine um so yeah those are those are yeah those most are of my memories. memories of sonic um in terms of not just the game um i was growing up at a time where um the the television shows that were being produced by deke entertainment such as the adventures of sonic the hedgehog and sonic the hedgehog um known as sat am saturday am um where we're starting to come out on vhs tape so i would borrow those from usually um the video rental store that was local to us um the 
comic series was still in in effect um and my father used to pick me up a copy of the sonic the hedgehog comic series from our stop and shop like every month which was when those comics were coming out at the time yeah um so i amassed this like massive collection that i still have to this day of sonic the hedgehog comics um which have some wild plots by the way (laughs) were they were they originally done by dark horse no, they were done by Archie. Okay. And, and, then... Um, and then Archie got rid of the license just about a year or so ago, um, and they were picked up by IDW. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, those comics are wild. They are... I was, re- I was rereading them recently, and there's, like, a whole storyline that takes place in, like, an alternate future where Knuckles' dad dies of cancer. Oh, and, um, and there's another storyline where Shadow the Hedgehog has this, like, human friend that he grew up with who, like, has the Sonic version of AIDS, and she gets oh. shot by the government. <laughs> and it's, Jeez. like, really weird for a kid's comic. Yeah, that's really <laughs> but, weird. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, maybe someday I'll do like a live stream or something of just me- reading through some of the weirder um, issues that I have because um, I have I have a ton of them. <laughs> but uh, those are those are some of my memories of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, That's, yeah, you definitely. I think I feel like you got more merch than uh, than I did for yes. sure. Yes, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I, did, I did also want to. I I remember we had two different Segas and they were. It's two different Sega Genesis's, and they were two actual different machines. Like yes. the the Sega Three didn't Sega Three have a toggle on the? For no, the, the Sega Three just had like it was really tiny, and it just had a like these ugly looking buttons. But we yeah. had the Sega Model One, which had the toggle, and it had a yeah. volume switch. And and we had the one with the two middle ones too. Yep, that was the Sega Model Two. We owned all three models of the Sega Genesis. <laughs> That's right, because they were all broken. They all broke in some way. I think the last one that we have had was the Sega Model 2, which I still own. It's sitting behind me right now in my room. No, the Sega Model 2 is our original. No, I I had the one that we got from Dan. Oh, that one, yes. Yes, yeah, so we did have a second Sega Model 2. Um, So do you want to get into a little bit of the history of of Sonic here? Um, Yes, so so jumping back into the the early, early 90s, in, in 1990... Uh, Sega decided they wanted to beat the powerhouse that was Nintendo and specifically Mario. So Sega at the time had a mascot. His name was Alex Kidd and he was on the Sega Master System, which was Sega's 8-bit console that was out at the time. Um, however, Alex Kidd is kind of a slow-moving platformer. Um, he, he hits blocks, he jumps on enemies, kind of sounds like a certain Italian plumber. Um, so... Sega decided they need something to beat Mario because Alex Kidd wasn't selling that well. So they ordered their in-house development studio to create a new video game mascot to replace Alex Kidd. Um, They wanted it to emphasize speed. Um, They wanted him to be cool and they wanted it to be an animal. They didn't want it to be human. So they were, they tossed around ideas such as uh, a rabbit um, was an early design, a blue rabbit. Um, there was another one that was a design that looked like Teddy Roosevelt. I don't know why they wanted Teddy Roosevelt. That was supposed to be the protagonist. It was like Teddy Roosevelt in pajamas, um, who later got recycled to be used as Dr. Robotnik, the villain. Um, and then eventually they settled upon either an armadillo or a hedgehog, and they decided with hedgehog. Um, he was originally teal colored, 
but they shifted to a dark blue so he could stand out against the backgrounds. Um, and Sonic's red shoes were inspired, inspired by Michael Jackson's boot from the album cover of Bad. And his personality was reportedly inspired by president at the time, Bill Clinton. <laughs> right. Um, Which we, we talked about. We in did our talk iconic, about in our, um... in our iconic video game characters. Yeah. Um, the lead programmer and the directors of the first game was uh, Mr. Yuji uh, Naka in Japan. Um, so they, they started developing um, this game um, to be, um, you know, fast and quick. Um, and uh, they they really like to emphasize on the, the worlds seeming to go from one world to the next in a logical progression. So the idea that, you know, Green Hill Zone can easily change into Marble Zone, and then that could easily change into Spring Yard Zone in a, in a logical progression of zones so it doesn't feel too out of place that these worlds are, you know, interspliced with each other. Um, they wanted the world to feel coherent to itself. And I feel like all of, all of it is like a world that is tainted by Dr. Robotnik. Um, so, and we'll talk about kind of the story of Sonic, I guess, in, in a bit. But yeah, they they wanted they wanted the levels to feel like they had been um, influenced by this kind of battle between technology and um, and nature, which was yeah. this kind of overarching theme in Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, nature versus technology. That's right. Or, or nature um, versus man. Nature versus man, maybe. So the work oh. began on the second game fairly soon after the first game it started the first game did really well so they jumped into work on the second game uh yuji naka left sega due to disagreements over corporate policy and a lot of the second game's uh production shifted over to sega of america um who was getting started um out in that area so they kind of shifted over to a sega of america project um Music in both games was composed by Matsumoto Nakamura, who was the bassist and songwriter for the J-pop band Dreams Come True. And if you listen to any of the Dreams Come True songs, they sound like like melodic versions of Sonic the Hedgehog music. Um, they have a song that sounds like the Green Hill Zone theme. They have a song that sounds like Starlight from Sonic 1. Um, and the probably the most obvious song that sounds similar to one of their songs is a song called uh, Sweet, Sweet, Sweet which is the exact same song that plays during the closing of Sonic 2 during like a cinematic where Sonic's falling out of the, of the death egg. Um, yeah. And it's that's a very like, like um, anime feeling closing. Like it all of a sudden just goes to like, almost like cartoon shots. Of, yeah. Yeah. Like, Sonic and tails. Like that are in like black out. and white. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, dramatic. Like, <laughs> dramatic. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, then it kind of cuts back into the the game stuff, if I recall. Like it goes to where you're seeing the the death egg, or maybe I'm... yeah, it's like the death egg like exploding, and then Sonic is dropping down, and yeah. then Tails swoops in with his uh, his plane and picks him up, and uh... or that's the end of Sonic Three. That's the end of Sonic Two. Sonic Three ends in a very similar way. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the music that plays during that whole segment is literally just a Genesis version of Sweet, Sweet, Sweet by Dreams Come True, um, I, which I, was out on an earlier album. I feel like the end of Sonic 2 is all... Um, it's all in, like, uh, panels. Yeah, like, it's like um, there's, like, where, they're like black and white images where you right. see but very then it, artistic images yep and then it the fades to sonic dropping as the sprite and tails picks him up and then the credits roll oh okay yeah and then sonic 3 
which is it doesn't have those panels it's just him dropping out and gets yeah it's just the sprites for yeah. the entire time um so um sonic 2 has um a relatively famous history and development that's fairly easy to track um sonic 1 uh, we have stories and we have like art design and stuff from the development period but we don't have a lot of beta versions of the game except for some screenshots from uh, magazines um sega kept that game like tightly under wraps um and also it it was sonic one and because the game wasn't super popular when uh, like when it was in development obviously people weren't like necessarily saving these things (laughs) um so when sonic 2 was in development um a lot of beta copies ended up getting out into the market and would either get um, sold as bootlegs or would get released onto um, early message boards and internet um, internet sites at the time um, some of them are getting more released now which um, is is kind of like an interesting way to track the history of the development of the game um, it, uh, the original idea for sonic 2 was it was going to be a time travel game um, which they ended up scrapping because it was a bit too difficult to do the time travel mechanic that they wanted to do at the time um and there were some interesting levels that they had that were in some of the early games uh levels such as hidden palace zone which was fully playable in one of the betas wood zone which was mostly playable in one of the betas dust hill zone which has never been playable in any of the betas and genocide city zone which is just a bad name for a level (laughs) it's a really bad name for a level um was that and that was an official beta level by the company yeah so if you um and you can see if you go into one of the official betas that got leaked um you do a level select code you'll see all the levels listed out genocide city zone is listed as one of the um final and levels it, and it's not playable or is it it's play- not playable so when you try to load it the game the beta Damn. crashes um reportedly the name was a placeholder name and they were considering cyber city and there was a translation issue when they were explaining the name of the game to the english translators um so it came out as genocide city which you know is awkward and yeah so you know probably a good reason why they scrapped that that name out of the game definitely um one of the betas fun fact you can actually you can play pretty much all the betas um through like emulators and stuff they've all been leaked onto various sonic history tracking websites um but one of the betas appeared on the nick arcade show back in the 90s and was played by a young melissa joan hart as part of the show this was when she was part of uh clarissa explains it all not sabrina the teenage witch correct Um, so nick arcade was the show where they would demo some new games that were coming out and they had like challenges to see if you can get through parts of the game in a certain time she was one of the uh she was one of the contestants um so she got she got to play sonic 2 before many of us did um she played a not very good beta copy of the game but you still played it so melissa joan hart's feedback may have been uh instrumentable for one of the elements in the beta for sonic 2 was if sonic ran into a wall he would bounce backwards sit on the ground for a second and then stand up again (laughs) so i'm pretty sure she was probably like hey that's not good (laughs) sure maybe and then she might have helped uh define the sonic 2 game that everyone fell in love with that's right that's right and and that's pretty much the history of the two games i mean um sonic sonic 1 again um the information that we have isn't the same the same as sonic 2 because sonic 2 has kind of a logical progression in terms of the beta betas that are in the in the 
public at the moment. Um, for Sonic 1, we just have screenshots. So that's all we know. We know that there were certain level choices they opted out of, such as like UFOs in the background of certain levels that they just cut out and um, some other game mechanics that they, they took out that people aren't even sure what they did. There was like this ball thing that would pop up in green hill zone that you could like ride on for a bit and people aren't really sure if it did anything besides being an obstacle um it looked like it was the same ball that robotnik has as his uh boss oh it was wrecking ball it was like wrecking ball but it was like an item in the game um there's like a pair of goggles that sonic could wear um but people aren't really sure what they did um they assume they're for like the water level but there's no evidence of what it does so sonic 2 has a bit easier ways to track what certain features were because of the evidence that is available in the rom data right and i actually i think that'd be kind of cool if sonic had goggles for the water level yeah they actually i think added the goggle design back into sonic mania for when sonic if if you play as tails and sonic is driving is flying the uh um tornado he's wearing the goggles um the which are the actual goggle asset oh that's um, so sonic mania does a lot of cool stuff like that a lot of references to um to old stuff even cut stuff uh the dr robotnik um and his different uh his different weapons that he would attack sonic with i think were some of them were a lot of fun uh with i just the wreck when you said the wrecking ball that made me kind of think about like the wrecking ball and uh the big drill and sonic the, yeah, like, yeah drill yeah. car in yeah. sonic <laughs> 2 and he just i i feel like he's that kind of uh a mad scientist trope who always makes like ridiculous type of inventions yeah but, also he, generally dr robotics inventions work they but they they work they're just them. like yeah. i don't know if they work they they work as intended i just don't know what the right. intention was there's like one one of his designs is like a device that just spews goo at you <laughs> and like yeah it does it but like why <laughs> um or what is it does it, he has one level where he just floats around with ghosts that's yeah he just like has ghosts yeah it's like okay um <laughs> that's the boss metropolis he has like uh yeah he has the, like the the, the, ghost the weird ghost him. orbs that like will turn into little like mini yeah. versions of him it's like little him. saturn rings that go around yeah yeah he has he has the creative genius he just doesn't have the vision <laughs> that's robotnik's problem <laughs> um so to get to the uh the gameplay of sonic uh, i hope that um, people will understand that Sonic is a uh, linear platformer where you play as uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, as evident by the name of the game. And you uh, have to fight Dr. Robotnik, Ivo Robotnik. Yes. And in order to do so, you have to speed through all your levels, picking up rings versus instead of coins, and stopping Robotnik uh, robots. They're um, badniks as they're called, and they have little animals that are inside them that they've been some manner of trapped inside the robot. Yeah, it's and, never inferred how or why. Right. It's just that's what he uses to power is yeah, there's small, just, there's ro- there's small, small woodwind creatures Dr. Robotnik is not a fan of, so he puts them in robots and also keeps them in storage containers that you have to open up at the end of the um, final stages of the levels. And Sonic uh, 2 has the first ability to have co-op in the Sonic games yep. and introduces uh, Tails as a secondary character. Uh, you can play as Sonic and Tails again in Sonic 3, but you cannot play as Knuckles with any of the others. I think Knuckles is a standalone right. um, character. Yeah, I think 
Um, Knuckles is a standalone character. In Sonic Mania, you can play as Knuckles and Tails. And there's also a cheat you can enter where you can play as Knuckles and Knuckles. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> Knuckles and Knuckles. Um, so, because I... Um, Knuckles was an interesting character that was introduced in Sonic 3, who was a red Echinita who could stick to walls and hover like he yeah. could float glide, neither glide being natural abilities of the echidna of echidnas are yeah. like platypus <laughs> they're <laughs> they cannot stick to walls they cannot fly <laughs> yeah please don't throw a platypus or echidna <laughs> to see if it can do what knuckles can do um miles in sonic 2 had the ability to fly uh if you were uh playing as the either if you were, had a co-op you could have someone uh pick you no you couldn't pick them up in not in sonic 2 in sonic two. 3 you sonic can pick two, them up he, yeah in sonic 2 he couldn't fly he couldn't he he does fly no. but you're not able well, to control it yeah, he will fly yeah. if you die as tails yeah, he'll fly he will back. come back yeah exactly yeah and in, in sonic 2 he's just a glorified sonic he's just like slow bad sonic <laughs> and but he could still speed uh spin duck which is a yep. move where you um bend down and then you spin yourself into a, a fast speed and yeah. then go off as a ball so and then sonic 3 he so, tails can pick sonic up the miles tails prower is his name is a pun on the miles per hour uh <laughs> yeah, a very bad and, pun but it's a pun it's nonetheless a, it's a bad pun um <laughs> and the, he had two tails it that and there was also um in Sonic 2, you could also go head-to-head, and you could tr- see who could do time trials. And to talk about our father again, we used to do time trials against him. Um, we spent many a d- nights playing Sonic 2 and trying to uh, go up against our, our dad's time, or setting time for our dad to go up against. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I uh, feel we- like... Oh, I was going to say, I just feel like... Uh, I feel like I think of the level of mystic cavern when i think of the time trials against dad yeah (laughs) all the time Uh, our father also really liked um different elements of sonic that i feel like some people um aren't big fans of like for example seth mentioned the drowning sound um our father's favorite sound at sonic was when you collect the air bubble sonic makes a what what sound and (laughs) and our dad loved that um he was also a big fan of the kind of forgotten spin-off Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, um, yes. which was a, a reskin of a Japanese game called Poyo Poyo that um, we didn't have the, the we America didn't have that franchise, so they just tr- turned it into a Sonic game, essentially. Um, but our father loved that game. It was one of his favorite games. Um, yes. he, he's a very puzzle strategy-minded person. So yes, that that's why he plays... Warcraft and Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. That. <laughs> the only two games that exist. <laughs> the only two games that exist. Um, yeah, I I really... I think the, the Sonic and Sonic 2, for me, are... They're just very... just They're good platformers. If you just want to have a good, fun hour, if you, if you can... Um, because I think that's about the playthrough if you're going through maybe an hour and a half if you're taking it slow. But yeah, if you uh, if you, you take your time, if you um if you want to collect all the chaos emeralds, if you want to really explore every nook and cranny of the level before the time runs out, there's a nine minute time limit on each level. 
um, then you it would probably be about an hour thirty. I can imagine. So, do you have anything else for Sonic for our twentieth uh, episode? The only thing I'd say is that if if anyone hasn't played it yet, I highly recommend picking up Sonic Mania. Um, even if your only experience with Sonic was like Sonic one or two, then it's the perfect game for you. It is a love letter to not only Sonic, but of games of that era, that kind of classic Sega 1990s era. There's tons of references to Sonic the Hedgehog and other Sega games from the nineties. One of the bosses is a like robot you have to fight that uses sound effects from Shinobi for the Sega Genesis. Like there's, there's tons of references in there. There's a, there's a mean bean machine boss where you play oh. a game of mean bean machine against Dr. Robotnik. Um, oh, it's like one round of mean bean machine. You have to beat him. Um, so there's tons of references to other Sega games and Sonic games. Um, I highly recommend people pick it up. Um, it is um, one of my absolute favorite um, Sonic games, if not games. Um, so that's my recommendation at the end of the Sonic episode. It's a, it's a pretty solid game. Um, I definitely recommend playing it with a controller versus mouse. Yes, keyboard yeah, if you play it on PC. I think it's on other platforms though. It is. It's on PS4. It's, it's on Xbone. It's on Switch. It's it's on Switch. Yeah. I yeah. Should, if uh, I you should really get the, want it on the you Switch, should get the but... plus version for Switch. It has what's called Encore mode. Um, and the box for it has a reversible cover that looks like an old Sega Genesis uh, box. It has like the red, oh, that's the fun. Red, um, the red uh, border to it that says like Sega and stuff like that. So oh, no, I might buy that. But... Yeah, it's probably not too expensive. It's like twenty bucks. I think. Yeah, fifty dollars, <laughs> a million, <laughs> a bajillion dollars. Um, so we'll uh, let's go into talking about the future and what's going to be going on that's coming out. That's um, right. We'll, what do you? Uh, well, I already know. But oh, what are man. you most excited about? Oh man, I'm uh, excited about something. That's, that's, <laughs> so uh, what's I do want to. I do want to apologize. I've been trying to keep it to games that are in early access or in early release, so that we can offer you a game that is still in development that you can buy now. But this game, right. this game, you're gonna want to get. I know and it's I'm gonna. I'm, and it's, it's free. It is. It is. It's free. So it's a free buy. Um, and that is checks quest hd so if you saw me on twitter freak out at the announcement of check quest hd as a classic gaming brother twitter then you it's everything so checks quest hd is coming out summer of 2020 so just a few months from now will be a free game on steam it's built in the unreal engine um and again it's free i mean that's great it's going to be an hd multiplayer remake of checks quest from 1996 um you have six unlockable characters in the game i'm looking at a picture of them now so you have obviously checks guy the checks warrior um you have like a checks girl she's added there's like a pretzel dude um there's two pretzel dudes there's like one like little loopy pretzel dude and then there's another that's this big square pretzel dude there's like a peanut guy and then i think there's like I think he's like a wasabi pea or something. So I think Chex is just embracing the fact that people don't eat their cereal and they just make Chex mix with it. <laughs> Perfect. They're like, we know this is this is not actually a cereal that you eat in a bowl. Yeah. Well, you do eat it in a bowl. You just mix it with other things because it's actually just a complement to a mix of trail mix. I, I will also say the best thing about this is because it's available on Steam for the first time ever as a publisher, we have General Mills listed as a Steam <laughs> publisher <laughs> because General Mills is the official publisher for Chex Quest HD. It is an officially 
sanctioned game from General Mills. Um, Perfect. And multiplayer, split screen multiplayer specifically, they are offering. Um, so the, it's going to be a split screen multiplayer experience. Um, and because it's free, I'm going to have to buy. I mean, it's not even a buy. I'm just going to download it and play it when it comes out. I'm extremely it's, excited for it. And um, you'll probably be able to see us play it on stream. Oh, we! I'm, I'm probably going to play it the day it comes out on stream. So keep an eye out for me playing it um, because I'm I'm incredibly excited for it. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. It's uh, even if it's terrible, it's going to be great. It's just the fact that it's Chex Quest. <laughs> uh, so Seth, are you excited for a game that's not Chex Quest? <laughs> I am. I am excited for a game that's not Chex Quest. Um, there's actually um, I wanted to do uh, a little uh, twofer today. Um, regards to the games that i'm excited about um one is uh a game that is coming out that no one knew that was going to come out uh until very recently um and what so one of the the first game for my twofer is uh the xcom chimera squad or chimera squad i guess chimera chimera don't chimeras of just a horrible it's a chimera. I don't know what a shimmer is. <laughs> it's, it's a, shimmer. a chimera is something. It's a chimera. Um, it is a. It's coming out April twenty fourth, and was just announced by two K the week of the. I, I want to say earlier the week of the twelfth, like sometime like the recently. Uh, they were just like, oh, by the way, we've been working on an XCOM game here. And uh, it's a standalone, all-new story, turn-based tactical combat experience in XCOM. Uh, you don't, and it it is currently fifty percent off, so it's nine ninety nine. It's nice. going to retail at nineteen ninety nine, and uh, it's going to be uh, apparently you're going to be able to have uh, aliens on your team, which is new since it's XCOM. It stands for Extraterrestrial Combat Unit. So you'll be able to have aliens on your team for are they the first be aff- time. Are they going to be offended by that? It <laughs> <laughs> might be offended. Um, where you're going against a new threat. but So you have to team up with aliens and uh, try to coexist and go up against a new a new random uh, a new random threat. So that's, uh, that game uh, was not going to be my uh, byway pass, but uh i decided that i was going to put that down there because it's xcom and i love xcom as much as zach loves checks quest um and so I will, i'll put that down as a buy so for my second twofer byway pass is a is actually a piece of software so i guess it's good that i have an actual game in my byway pass yeah so the piece of software because of what's going on in the world today as of the time of recording and definitely the time of well at the time of release um is we're, we're all quarantining ourselves to fight the pandemic and there's a software called dungeon painter studio which is a counter map design tool that you can easily import to uh different virtual tabletops so oh, cool it's for um designing things for role-playing games or tabletop role-playing games but it you can make it for if you have roll 20 fantasy grounds uh tabletop simulator or whatever vtt you use um which is virtual tabletop you can design and make these really cool maps and then just uh export them and import them into a uh into a 
software that you're using for your VTT. And uh, it's 15 bucks. And it's easy, it's easy to use. Um, you can kind of edit things around. I'm sure it comes with uh, certain stuff. It is in early access, uh, so they are still working on it. Um, yeah. But it's got very positive reviews on Steam and uh, out of uh, 1,100 reviews. So that's pretty good. So I, I definitely, if you if you really like tabletop games and you wanted to kind of get some fresh maps for your characters, uh, then try Dungeon Painter Studio. It's on Steam. So And also, since it's on Steam, you can use it for two hours. And if you don't like it, you can return it. Yeah. <laughs> So definitely, uh, I would I would give it a recommend. I'm gonna put it on a wait. Uh, I am not actively DMing a campaign right now, so I don't really have a use for it. Yeah, that's so, fair. So uh, I'm I'm just going to I put it on my wish list, and if my need comes around that I'll need it, I will uh, I'll probably pick it up. Very cool. Well, hey, so I think that about wraps it up that's for it our twentieth episode. Two zero. The big two zero. Uh, our podcast can almost drink. Yes. Uh, yes. Drink. Uh, so um, there's a, a couple of ways that you can uh, contact us, follow us, or uh, support us. Uh, you can contact us by sending us an email at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, which is classicgamingbrothers.com, and you can go to our feedback or contact us page and go to the feedback form and fill out feedback while you're there you can stop by our merch shop and you could pick up either a t-shirt or a mug for twenty dollars free shipping because that's we like to free ship things and we don't actually make them so who knows i think they come from north carolina but yeah it's a we have a print on demand service that ships them out and there we go uh some people have enjoyed them so you can also, more importantly, if you want to support us, you can listen to our podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast. You can ring all the bells for notifications. And you can tell just three friends about our podcast. Um, we like three friends. We like everything to be done in threes. But uh, So three friends to uh, let them know that this is a great podcast. And if they want a podcast, they can listen to ours. Yeah, perfect. And Also. You can also listen to us. Well, yeah, because it's a podcast. But you can also on watch any us. podcast app, including now Acast, Acast, which is a, a new podcast app that we were not on, and we are now on because somebody requested it. So if you find us, if you're if you use a podcast listening app and we're not on it, let us know, and we will do our darndest to get onto it. You can also watch us on Twitch and also YouTube. At both of those are at Classic Gaming Brothers. Uh, Zach has a multiplayer stream uh at vs classic gaming brothers where he plays his side of the story um but yeah so there's that so there's all lots of things you could do you can yeah. if you just want more classic gaming brothers content we'll we'll make it for you that's what we're doing and who doesn't uh I, most of the most of the world <laughs> wow <laughs> so uh is there, is there anything else you wish to add, Zach? Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Zach. And I've been Seth. And we have been the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. Sega! Oh. <laughs> Thank God this episode's over. That was torture. What, listening to me? Yeah.
<laughs> yes. 